This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. If you've ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. This membership community gives you a ton of resources from myself as well as outside experts to help you grow in your faith and your business. To learn more, visit www.blessedandbossedup.com community. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com community. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm, I say this every episode and I always feel dumb when I say I'm so excited, but it's the truth. I'm really, really excited about this episode, especially about this interview, because Raven is kind of like that person, y'all, that friend y'all hear people talking about all the time, but you never met them before. So um, <laughs> even though you were on episode seven, that was so long ago. Like yes. that was the beginning of the podcast. We wasn't even called the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast back then. And God has just done so much in your life, in my life, in this podcast since then. So I thought it would be great to have you back on. So thank you so much for being on the show again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's just hop right into it. The last time we talked, we kind of talked um, in general about your business and your experiences as an entrepreneur and as well as your experience as a coach building up other entrepreneurs. So I kind of want to talk. Uh, start at a different point now. So I want to start from when your business went from Raven's business to God's business. So take us to that point where God became the CEO. Oh my goodness. So what's, what's amazing about that question is that seven years ago, I would not have even known what you were talking about. Even though I was like a believer, I would have been like, what do you mean it's God's business? Like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? That, that just wasn't something, although I was a believer that I really, really understood. And 
you know, it's interesting because when you go to business school, when you go, when you're an undergrad, um, when you're learning about business, a lot of people have the, the mindset that you're not supposed to talk about religion. You're not supposed to talk about God. It makes people uncomfortable and, you know, all these things. But when I got to the point in 2016 that I started to feel like it, it wasn't, it, it was almost like an unexplainable feeling. Like financially, my business was doing great. So on paper, it looked like, oh, wow, you have a very successful business. But I honestly started to feel like mentally I had hit a brick wall with my business. I did not feel creative anymore. Um, it just, it didn't feel as fun anymore. Um, I felt like, am I supposed to be, you know, in this particular business? Like I started having like so many doubts. Um, I wasn't really feeling of the clients that I was attracting at that time. It was just so many things that I just wasn't liking. And so I had done so many things that I normally do, like just sit with myself and try to brainstorm, just, you know, sit with myself and, and take myself out to lunch and try to think of new ideas or try to do a staycation and all these other things, but it still felt like, why can't I get this right? Why can't I be like freshly inspired the way that I've been in the past? And then that's when it hit me. What do you apply to other areas of your life that you're not applying to business? And it was prayer. You know, I would talk to God about my business, but I would talk to God about my business. Just like I said, it, it was not, oh God, I'm humbly coming to you about your business. Oh God, you know, what do you think that we should do, Lord? How should I move with this? It was none of that. It was, you know, it, it was almost like God was my employee, I thought at the time, instead of it being the other way around. And so it, it really just happened for me when I got to a space where my back was up against the wall. And I was like, you know, this, this is not working for me like this. And so I finally started to surrender my business to God at that point in 2016. Um, I just said to myself, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I need you to be involved in this. And I think that what was like my really, um, like if I can think about a specific like milestone or a specific event that happened that really shifted um, my mindset about it. I remember it was early 2016 and we were having the very first pink slip retreat. And so I was so excited. We had all these people that were registered. I think it was maybe like about 45 people that were registered. Um, so that was pretty good. My goal was to get like about 50 to 60 people. So I felt like, okay, this is good. You know, this is going to be lit. I'm excited until I got downstairs and it was maybe about 13 people in the room. And I was like, okay, you know, what happened to everybody else that registered? What's going on? And it was like so many people like, oh, I couldn't travel from out of town. I couldn't do this. I, I couldn't do, I couldn't do that. And just, you know, it ended up being um maybe like about 15 to 16 total people, I believe that came. But that event was like one of my most powerful events because I felt like God was in the room. And it, it really humbled me because I felt like I was so frustrated. I was so upset that so many people registered that actually did not show up. But then it was like, it was almost like God just started to speak through me in that moment when I didn't even want to do the event anymore. And he just saved that, that whole event and it turned out to be amazing. So after that, cause I was so embarrassed. I was like, are people going to be, you know, posting on social media, like ain't nobody here. And this girl thinks she this, like, you know, I didn't know what was going to go on, but, um, just the fact that he came to my rescue, I was like, okay, like 
he he got to get the credit for this. Like I got to really stop playing and I have to truly, truly, truly just be in a space where um, my business is surrendered to him. So after that, I went to him in prayer and I said, what do you want me to do with this business? Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And that's when he told me that the name needed to change. So we officially went from um, Fire Your Boss Academy to Pink Slip Prep School. And the business has been attracting amazing clients ever since then. Um, He also told me, you cannot expect me to bless something that you're leaving me out of. So I started to implement prayer calls um, just into like how I teach my clients because You know, a lot of programs you're not going to go to and they're not going to be telling you, you need to pray about this. Like my clients know that that's something that is always a part of my advice, because at the end of the day, I can tell you whatever. But what did God tell you? What did you get when you prayed about this? What did you get when you when you went into fasting about this? What is he saying? Um, So that just completely changed everything with my business. Yes, that is so good. And I mean, I'm even a testament to that from being one of your clients I kind of saw that when you started including like prayer calls and things like that so even for me when um, God began to show me that he needed to be the CEO and even with this Mm -hmm. podcast it kind of gave me the freedom or a level of comfortability to do it because I've seen it been done before so just being a part of that with your program I'm like well Raven is still successful she's still doing great with all her clients I'm still getting a lot out of this program so obviously you're not you can still be successful without Mm -hmm. taking God out of the equation and I even I don't know if you noticed I know you were reading the book I even acknowledged that like at the end and um in the acknowledgments when you list out like the people you think you would have wanted one of the people that I, I thanked because just by you making those simple adjustments. Oh my God, I didn't get there yet. <laughs> and I didn't tell you because I was like, she's going to see it when she gets to the end. But um, yes, I'm almost there. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, that just gave me the freedom to be like, okay, Tatum, you know, you can do this. So when you surrendered though, Practically, I know you make the changes in your program, but how Mm -hmm. did you have to change how you did things on a day to day to make sure you weren't excluding God from it? Mm -hmm. So here is the thing that we like to tell ourselves. We love to just tell ourselves that business is not personal. And I think that once I surrendered my business to the Lord, I felt like, okay, well, all right, you can have this, but I don't know if you can have that. (laughs) Like I was still kind of just like one foot in and one foot out with things. And um, I had to do not just a full makeover of my business to make it God's business, but I had to do a full makeover of myself. Um, There was no way that I could be this person speaking and on stage, thanking God and giving him praise and all these other things. But behind the scenes, I'm out here cussing like a sailor or behind the scenes, I'm being messy and getting into it with people or, you know, whatever else. So I had to really work on myself. I had to really work on um, who the person was behind the business because I, I realized, you know, now that this business is surrendered to the Lord, this is not just about me. I represent God in every single thing that I do. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that completely changed things and just made it totally, totally, totally different for me. So just working on myself and even um, just being open to the changes that God wanted to make with who was around me. Um, And by that time, I was already almost maybe five years into self-employment back in 2016. So as you can imagine, by that time, I had built up like, 
a very strong entrepreneurial circle. And, you know, I had people around me to just encourage me and things like that. But God was like, no, like it's people that I'm trying to put into your life, but I can't put them into your life because you have these people in your life that they're in your life. But I didn't send those people. Do you want good friends or do you want God friends? So I had to change so many things. I had to change um, myself. I had to completely surrender every single area of my life to the Lord. I had to completely trust him when he was taking what I thought was friends away from me that had been friends since the sandbox days. You know, these are people I was friends with since I was nine and 10 years old. And he's like, Oh, gotta go. Gotta give this person a pink slip. Gotta get this person out of there. And I had to just sit back and just let it go. Even in times where it it really was painful. Um, So I think that if I can say anything to someone that's in that space right now where you just recently surrendered your business with God, to God, trust me that right after that, it's going to come with a bunch of tests because you might think, oh, I surrender my business. Oh, I'm good. Oh, you better surrender those relationships. You better surrender that decision making. You better surrender those ideas. You better be prepared to surrender every single thing. Yes. And let's dive deep, though, into that wilderness season, because we've been talking about this on the podcast. And I was talking about it the other day when I was speaking, like when Samuel came and appointed David king, David ain't go take the throne. Like he went right back out to the field that he was working Mm -hmm. in when he called him. And Mm -hmm. before he could get elevated to the point where he defeated Goliath and everybody knew his name, he had to defeat some some giants, some bears and lions in his backyard first. And then even after um, he went to the palace, he still didn't take the throne. Like Saul was trying to kill him. Like it was all of this stuff going on mm-hmm. this wilderness season, but God had to build his character yes. in order for him to do all of the things that he was called to do. And I think for us, a lot of people really want to skip that character building season. And mm-hmm. even me, I feel like this whole year for me has been a character building season where God has shown me all of the places he's going to take me, but it, none of them places is here. And I had to go through all of these things. And now I can actually see the light of it and kind of see why I had to go through certain things. But when I was in the thick of it, I was like, God, it was a little bit easier before you. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this, yeah. this, this is a lot. And I had mm-hmm. to literally take it day by day. I couldn't worry about tomorrow because today was literally hard enough. And that's a mm-hmm. scripture. So when you were in that wilderness season and people are falling off, you have all these worldly successful people, but it's time to get connected with some kingdom successful people. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you emotionally handle all of that? It was it was very hard. And I I love your honesty in saying like that you felt when you were in that season, like, God, wait a minute. Why does it feel like this was easier before you? Because I had a moment like that as well. And it was things that God was leading me to do. Um, Like what you how you feel that this year went for you. That's how I feel that 2017 went for me. Like he was just leading me to do so many things that just were not practical. So many things that just were like out of character and just things that I would not really typically do. Um, And so being in in that situation where you're like just extremely uncomfortable, you got to move differently. It's certain things that you're, you're not doing. I started to notice that people were looking at me differently. There were people that, you know, straight up unfollowed me on Instagram. And I mean, these were people that 
I meet them at speaking events. They're all in my face. We're all great and we get connected. But then, you know, the second that you start talking about God, and when I say talking about God, I mean being specific, you know, the second that you ain't just saying God and it just, it makes people feel uncomfortable, but you're, you're saying the Lord, you're saying Jesus, like people started to get, you know, very uncomfortable. But at the same time, people have to realize that the word says, I will make your name great. It's not people. And it's so many people out here that are you doing it for the likes or are you doing it for the Lord? Like I always ask people that over and over and over again, I had to really get in a place where God had to break me down. He had to remove people out of my life because it was like, do you care about what I think of you or do you care about what they think of you? And I started to realize again, it's you that's going to make my name great. It's not these people. It's not how many followers I have. It's not how many people are talking about me behind the scenes and saying, oh my God, she's so cool. She's great. No, when I started talking about God, it, it began to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And I remember um, last summer being on social media and I didn't even realize at the time that the enemy was using social media, specifically Instagram, as a way to attack me um, because it was like literally people on there that he would show me and they would be cussing up a storm, but these is the people that's so successful. Or, you know, they're not saying nothing about God or if they are, they're talking about God loosely and everybody is buying into it because they talking about God, but they talking about God and still, you know, cussing with it and just all these different things. And so I started to feel like, am I being punished? You know, I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do what you're telling me to do, God. But why does it seem like these other people that's not doing it your way? Why does it seem like that they run in circles around me? Why does it seem like they're they're surpassing me? And God, I heard I heard him very clearly tell me get off of social media, get off, of, get off of Instagram. And I'm like, what? Like what you, what? Like as a business coach, I felt like, well, you know, I don't want my clients to look at me like, uh-uh, you telling us to be on Instagram and posting and you not posting. Like, so I was like, are you sure? Like, you know, do you really want me to do this? And he's like, I'm trying to show you something. I, I want you to see something. And I remember I got off of Instagram and he started downloading so many ideas to me with my business. This is what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. And my income did not miss a beat. My income actually grew. I actually got so much more like passive income from my email marketing and, and things like that. I mean, he was showing me things about my business that I didn't even know was there. And I was doing it in such a peaceful way because Instagram and just all the madness, it was, it was turned off. And um, I'm actually fasting from social media right now as we speak and record this podcast. And it, it's like that, what I used to think was the wilderness season of loneliness and, oh my gosh, God is taking everything away from me and he's removing people. He's doing this and that. Now I know that's not the wilderness season. That's the come up season because he's stripping me of these things so that he can provide me with something greater. Um, when I had that fast the last time from social media, I was like, oh my God, like, I miss Instagram. This is crazy. Girl, now I'm like, oh, I got to get back on there when this is over. Oh, I got to like, it's like, I'm not missing nothing. Like I'm I'm not missing nothing. I'm loving the closeness between myself and, and the Lord. I'm loving the fact that I'm not distracted. I'm loving the fact that nobody is not DMing me something that was on the shade room. I'm loving the fact that I'm just in full focus of what the Lord has for me. And I think that it would truly help a lot of other people 
if we stop looking at that, like that's the wilderness season. Like I look at that, like that's the season where it's like God is inviting me as a special guest up to his place. And he's like, let's talk about this, feeding me spiritually, giving me things so that I can grow. That, that's the growth season. And it's yeah. beautiful. You know, a lot of times society teaches us to say things like growing pains. It's uncomfortable. It hurts and all this and that. Yes, it's, it can be very uncomfortable. But at the same time, like when I walk with the Lord, I'm always comfortable. When I know he's ordering my steps, when I know that he's lighting my path, it's nothing about that that should be uncomfortable. Um, So just even little things like that, that has really helped me is just switching my wording with that. Um, Because when I was looking at it, like it's the wilderness season, that's exactly how it felt like, dang, I'm out here, I'm cold, I don't have no blanket, I don't have no protection, but it's like, I have the Lord. And when I have him, I have all of those things. That's good. That's really good. I'm writing that down. (laughs) But what I found though, is that a lot of people don't have that level of confidence and trust in God. Mm -hmm. It's always like, well, I want God to be the CEO of my business, but, or I'm praying, but, or I'm doing this, but, and it's all you could just tell by how people speak that it's a lack of trust and confidence. And I think it's okay to acknowledge because I mean, at the end of the day, we got to meet God where we are. Like, if you don't know how to hear from him, say it, admit it so you can learn. You know what I mean? If you don't trust him, admit that that's where you're at so you can develop it as opposed to trying to put a mask on like you have it all together. He knows anyway. So you might as well be real with him. And, and meet, and so he can meet you where you are, but how did you start developing that trust? So where you do have this boldness and confidence for Christ? Mm -hmm. I I think this is an amazing question because this is something that I myself used to struggle with and I can relate to it so much when I meet other people and they're, they're struggling with it because it's, it's like, you have to be in a different space spiritually to really understand, to really just grasp that. Because at the same time, even though God is there, um, even though he's always with us, he's always protecting us. You know, if, if you're not in a certain space spiritually, it's so easy to just conform to worldly things. It's so easy to just constantly feel like, oh, I need another confirmation before I do this. Oh, I need another prophetic word before I do this. Oh, I need to be at church one more Sunday and feel like he's talking to me. Like, it's so easy to get so caught up um, in feeling like you need further confirmation, even though God already told you if you don't really trust. So I think something that that truly helped me because once I surrendered my business, um, that's when like the test of trust really went on a thousand. <laughs> like, Listen, I'm telling you to get off social media, but I'm telling you your business is still going to grow. Do you really trust me? I'm telling you to shift your focus. I'm telling you to change your name, you know, but do you still trust me? And I think for me, what really helped change my mindset is I had to really look at God's track record. Think about just like you have records, you have medical records, you have school records. You know, we have we have records. And at the end of the day, the Lord's record shows me that he has never failed me. It shows me that every single time I've cried out to him, he's always answered. It shows me that he has protected me from things that I thought that I wanted. It has shown me that he has given me warnings about people that meant me no good. It has shown me that he has protected my family. It has shown me that when I grew up and, and, you know, strayed away from church, that he still was there with me during that season. 
It has shown me just how much grace, how much mercy, how much he loves me. Like all these things when I look at his track record. So it's like, who am I to doubt him now? When he has been here with me every step of the way, even when I wasn't acknowledging him. Like imagine a friend not acknowledging you for years, but you still there. You still supporting them. You still watching over them. You still protect. That's a real friend. So I had to really start to change my mindset and look at it like this is a, a a real friend. This is this is a mighty friend. Like this is my ace boon coon. Like this is the one that's that's always going to be there. And so once I started to look at it like that, it's like, God, I trust you with anything. He can tell me to do something that's so unorthodox, something that people think is so crazy. And I'm not about to question nothing. When I first surrendered my business, it used to be like, you sure? I don't know. I might need me a, to go to church and see if I get further confirmation. And trust me, all I'm not like um, saying that people don't have good prophetic words for you. And sometimes you do get, a lot of times, actually, you do get that confirmation from church and something that your pastor has mentioned. But I, I say that to say to people that God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Your relationship with him should not just be about you going to church every Sunday. It should not just be about you talking to this prophet and this prophet is giving you a word. You, When a prophet gives you a word, you know it's on point because it's confirming something that the Lord has already told you or has already revealed to you. So being being in that space um, where you are just like, you know, I trust you with anything. If you tell me to move at 12.01, at 12 o'clock, then by 12.01, people going to see dust coming behind me. That's how you want it to be. Um, when we were planning for the Prosper Conference, I just want to share this example really quickly. That was all God's idea. So I was like, okay, this is your thing. You know, what you want to do? How, how do you want this promoted? You know, how do I go about getting people there? Like, what is it that you want me to do? And so he told me, go on the radio. And I'm like, whoa, like, what are you talking about? Like, what are, you know, what's going on? Because that's something not only that I would never do, but I would never tell my clients to do that. And I'm really big on just being an example um, for you all. So I was just like, oh, you know, how am I going to really explain this? Like, you know, I don't really know. Like, but so I kind of hesitated with it. I got to be honest. I was very hesitant because I was like, what? Like this isn't making no sense. And so finally, after like a few days, my team and I started to reach out to different radio stations. Nobody was responding or when they would respond, they just wanted us to do paid advertisements. Nobody wanted to interview me. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, you know, what's going on? Like, this is what's happening. And when I tell y'all it was in the 11th hour, it was the last radio station that we reached out to. And they were like, we would love to interview her. When is she going to be in Dallas? When can we talk to her? So I went into um, the I went to the radio station to be interviewed. And mind y'all, I'm not really knowing what to expect. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I've been to a lot of radio stations before just from my PR days when my clients would be interviewed, but I just really didn't know like what to expect. And so I get into um, the station. And so this lady comes out there um, and she was just so like bubbly because I was like a little nervous, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know what to expect. These are people that have like all these years of experience in radio. And here I am, like just this little woman, not even knowing why God even has me here. 
And so the both the women, the lady who set up the radio interview and the lady that interviewed me, they took to me so well. Like it was almost like we had known each other for years. And then I remember once like we stopped um recording the interview, because I, you know, of course, during the interview, I had told a little bit about my story and things like that. And the lady who interviewed me started telling me about her story. And it was like, I know that I'm supposed to be connected to her. I know that God ordained this relationship. So I had so much fun going through the interview process that I forgot when the interview was even airing. So literally five minutes after the interview aired, I get a call from this lady in Dallas. She says, hey, I just heard you on the radio. So I'm looking up like, oh God, it really worked. Like, you know, it worked quick too. So she calls like, hey, you know, I just heard you on the radio. Um, I wanted to ask you about this Prosper conference, but I didn't know if I was supposed to be there because she said, I, I looked at the website and it seems like it's very entrepreneurial. You know, I have a nine to five. I'm really happy with my nine to five. I'm not trying to leave. So, you know, I don't know. And so I didn't want to lie to her. I said, well, honestly, ma'am, I'm an entrepreneur. I said, most of the people that's going to be there, they are entrepreneurs. But I said, I really do think that you could benefit from this as well. So she was like, well, I'm going to look at, you know, my schedule. I'm going to see what my boss says. And then, you know, I'll let you know. So this was like a month before the Prosper Conference. So I'm like, okay, you know, I never heard back from the lady. You know, I didn't know what was going on. That lady bought a ticket the day before the Prosper Conference. She was the last person to actually buy a ticket. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she really came. So when she got there, I didn't know who she was right away. And I really didn't know even what to expect. And so when we were there and just God was moving and using people and, and those powerful experiences and just awakenings were happening, she was one of the main people up there praying for people. And when the conference was over, she said, I was here on assignment, Raven. She said, do you realize I didn't even hear your whole interview? She said, I heard the last five minutes of your interview. And when I heard that last five minutes, I heard your voice. Then I heard God's voice saying, you need to be there. And I just was immediately so emotional because I'm like, God is so awesome that he will do things like that. He got me to do that interview. He got that lady to hear the interview within the last five minutes. And then she showed up and changed so many lives that were in the room. So all of this was orchestrated by something that made no sense to me. If it was me, I would have been like, I ain't doing this interview. I'm not going to Texas to get on the radio. I'm not dealing with it. Like, that's how I would have handled it. But God is like, no, this is how it has to go. So that obedience piece, really surrendering your business to him, really listening to what he tells you to do, even when it doesn't make any sense, that is powerful. He sees the beginning and the end of everything. He knew he was going to put that lady in her car at the right place at the right time. And she was going to hear that interview at the right second that she needed to. So it was just amazing just to watch him and just how he orchestrated all of that. And I know that for um, you Tatum and, and definitely for all of you all listening in, like God wants to orchestrate so many things in your life. Like those visions that you see, those dreams that you have, th those things are real. I'm looking at things right now that, that is happening in my life that's real that I saw in dreams when I was a little girl. And I would be thinking to myself, maybe I'm just dreaming. You know, maybe I'm seeing this big house because it's all in my head. Maybe I'm seeing this husband because I, I just made this up and that's what I want. At the time, I didn't even 
know anybody around me that that was married. I didn't have any example of like very healthy relationships other than um, maybe like one or two couples. So I was like, Dad, this is this is really real, you know. So it's it's amazing the things that God wants to do in our life. But I'm also a firm believer that He is going to meet us at our level of faith. Do you really believe? Do you really trust me? Can I really give this to you? And you trust me enough that you want to know it's me and you want to give me the glory for that? Yes, that is so powerful. And I love stories like this and stories like yours because so many people aren't willing to be obedient to that one instruction. It's like we got to get the whole blueprint before we do what God tells us to do. And that's not how he works. Yep. Like he's going to tell you, do this. When you listen you'll and do it, you'll get the next instruction. When you obey to that, you'll get the next instruction. But so many of us, we try to ask God, well, give me all of this or give me um, the full picture. Why am I doing this? And that's just not how it works. And more people really just need to understand the power of just saying yes to God when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just being obedient to the things that God tells you to do. And I, and I told this story on the podcast not too long ago about how when it came to this show, God was like, do the podcast by yourself. And I'm like, oh, I remember <laughs> I that. And it used to, we talked about it and God is sharing with me to change the name and all of this stuff. And I'm like, heck, like I'm scared. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but just being obedient, just being obedient. And then over the course of time now, like I'm going to events and most of the people in the room are there to see me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Or people crying and BJ, my fiance always jokes, like why everybody always crying when they talking to you? And it's uh-huh. just just being obedient to what God tells me to do. And then all of a sudden you look up and you like, whoa, I couldn't have even dreamed of this for myself. Like I remember being just praying like, God, can you just, can you make my life mean something? Mm. And then you look up and here's all of these testimonials and reviews and stories and all of this of people whose lives you change. But if he would have told me all of that or told me I would be here back then, I'd have been like, I'm good, love, enjoy. Like, I don't want to be none of that you're talking about. (laughs) Too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. A a testimony to how God's plan is always better, always bigger, always has more money, always has more influence, always has more peace, always has more joy, all of that. Because again, like you said, he knows the end from the beginning. So for everybody that's listening, and not even in 2019 right now, just practice saying yes to whatever God tells you to do. Even if you still struggling to hear from God, say yes, just in case, like Mm -hmm. just in case this is God talking to me, I'm going to say yes. And so Mm -hmm. I I hope you guys are really taking that, that lesson. So Raven, you've experienced success on both levels, the kingdom success Mm -hmm. from how you were prior to surrendering all to now your success now with surrendering all to God what was the difference between the two so when I experienced success before first of all I thought that that was success and it it really wasn't because even though like I said on paper it looked great you know if somebody was to check my bank account it, it, it seemed like I was doing well if somebody was to check maybe like my belongings and the things that I had in my circle, everything seemed like it would be great. But at the same time, in my mind, I still was always weary. It still always was in the back of my head, like, oh my gosh, like, 
How am I going to make sure I can do this? How am I like, I had the spirit of poverty even when I had money and I didn't even realize that that spirit of poverty was on me. But it's like, if you don't have your, your finances surrendered to the Lord, you're going to have the spirit of poverty. Um, I was in a space where I was so scared to tithe. And this is, you know, me being honest and transparent. Like, first of all, like I grew up in church up until I was like about eight years old. So like, I was like, I knew about giving, but not really like, you know, I, I nobody had ever really taught me like the principle of like tithing and just why we needed to do it and things like that. And so I remember um, one of my girlfriends actually bought a book to my house and it was like about tithing. And I'm like, child, I'm not reading this. Like, what's she like? I don't know what she doing. Like, I don't even know. I didn't even know what that word meant, to be honest. And mind y'all, this was when I was like 25 years old, 24 years old or something like that. And I had no idea like what this meant. And so, you know, she bought the book to my house and I was like, I'm not reading it. And I, I constantly, even though I had money, it always seemed to be something coming up financially. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I lent this person money. They didn't give it back. Oh, I have to do like, it was just like, why do it seem like I have money, but I never have a hold on my money. Why does it seem like I have money, but my money is like not in like overflow. And I can't, it's hard to even explain it because at that point I was a six figure earner as an entrepreneur. And a lot of people feel like as an entrepreneur, when you earn six figures, they feel like that's like you at the promised land. Like what? You got six figures. It's like, that's a big deal in the entrepreneurial world because so many entrepreneurs never get there, but it still felt like I just didn't have any money. And I remember when I got to the space of like surrendering my business to God, he's like, you know, you got to surrender the money too. Like, you you know, it's everything, you know, it's not just about your ideas, you know, it's not just about your business, you know, that it's basically everything. And so when I got to the space where I started to tithe, when I got to the space that I started to sow seeds, God started doing a different thing in my life. First of all, people have to realize that tithing and sowing seeds, it's not always about, oh, I just sold this hundred dollars. So tomorrow it must going to be a magical thousand dollars that drops into my account. It doesn't always work like that. Um, sometimes like God wants you to sow a seed before he releases an idea to you. Sometimes he wants you to sow a seed before he connects you with the person that he wants to connect you to. It's not about the money. It's about, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Um, I literally sold a thousand dollar seed and within an hour, God gave me the idea for the Prosper Conference. Do y'all think he didn't know about that Prosper Conference before he placed me in my mother's womb? He knew about that. But why is he just telling me? Because now he's like, oh, I know I can trust you now. That was the first seed that he asked me to sow that was that big of a seed. And I did it with no hesitation. None. And then all of a sudden, that's when he gave me that idea. So kingdom success and regular success it's a totally different ball game because now I'm in a space when I tell you guys I never worry about money and I don't I don't not worry about money because I have money. It's not about that. I don't worry about money because I know now that my money comes from God. It does not come from people. Before I used to feel like my money came from people. So it was all like I don't want to I don't want to do disappoint this person. I don't want to do this. I don't want people to think that. 
Now it's like, no, what does God think? Because that's who pays me. That's who makes sure that all my bills are covered and it's still some left. That's who's providing for me constantly. That's who's carried me all this way through. So looking at it like that, it's a totally different perspective. Um, just the ideas that he releases to me, the way that he uses people. Um, Tatum, I was just telling you through text message a couple days ago how he has used you to even give me um, an idea and just bring people to me and, and things like that. Like it, it's amazing how God works. Like you mentioned when we started the podcast that I was on episode seven and I remember actually recording that part podcast, like coming to meet you, you know, in, in person. Um, and I, I remember just having a really, really good time, you know, being interviewed and, and all of that stuff. And it was still the very beginning. And I, and I was so excited, like, oh, my God, like, you know, where is God going to take her with this podcast? Like, what's going to end up like happening with it? Like, I just felt very, very excited for you. And I remember like it started to grow and it started to, you know, build and get more listeners and, you know, all of that stuff. And I would probably have people reach out to me every now and then that would say, oh, you know, I heard you on Tatum's podcast, like whatever. But it was like kind of it was it was a good amount of people, but it was like few and far between. When you change that name, oh, it changed everything. It was people like I heard you on Tatum's and I'm like, huh? Tatum's podcast that I was on like two years ago? Like, but it's like, this is how much people love your podcast that they going back and listening to episode one and you on like episode 100, you know, that's how much they love it. But it's like, look at how God changed your podcast when you surrendered your podcast to him. Look at how God changed your podcast when you honored him with the name of the podcast, when you were obedient with that. That's a, that's a true example of it right there. Your podcast was great before. You had listeners. You had listeners in different countries. You had people that you were interviewing. It was amazing. But once you surrendered it, it's like an unexplainable type of success now. It's different. And it's not just different for you. It's different for the people that you have connected to the podcast. So I, I say all that to say that your obedience and you surrendering your business, it's not even just about you. It's about the people that you're connected to as well. I know for a fact that if Tatum had not surrendered her podcast and completely changed so many things with it the way that the Lord wanted her to, I know it would not be as many people reaching out to me saying, oh, hey, I heard you on Tatum's podcast. Oh, I found you on, I, I know it wouldn't be like that. So that that level of success that you're experiencing at the kingdom level if you want to finally not worry about money, if you want to finally not worry about competition because you know that it is God that has given you that assignment, if you want to have entrepreneurship be as stress-free as possible, believe me, you want to take the kingdom route. Yes, that was everything. I Let me just move on to the next question because I will go on to a full sermon off of that alone. But now that you are, though, operating from this kingdom mindset, we know once you start getting to a new level, here comes the enemy and all his foolishness trying to knock you off. And especially sending people since you are a primarily a service based business and you have a lot of clients, he's going to send people through and as I can't even talk to that. He's going to send people through as clients as well. So like, how are you exercising or growing that level of discernment to make sure that not only just the people in your personal life, 
are sent from God, but clients too? Hmm. So this is a good, good question. And I'm going to answer it as classy as possible, um, child, because if I wasn't surrender and I was messy, (laughs) this would be be tea time. But (laughs) let me just tell you guys. So like the summer of 2017, I believe it was, um, I had like such a tough time because it was clients that were released. Well, no, let me not say that. They they were they were released to me, but they were not released to me by the Lord. And it was like a test because it was like, are you going to like let these people go the way that I'm saying to or, you know, how are you going to handle it? And so I remember I had like so much stuff. I'm going on in the summer because of course, you know, the Lord was telling me to fast from social media and he was changing a lot of things in my business. So it was just like a lot of transition that was going on at the time. And so I had like a couple clients and basically, um, excuse me, they could no longer afford to invest in the program. But you know, a lot of times when people can't afford something, they like to blame everything, but what is really the issue. So they were like trying to spread rumors about me like, um, oh, you know, I, I left her program because it wasn't working. Like um, she's all about buying Chanel bags and just saying all these things about me that wasn't true. And anybody that really knows me and when I say like y'all really know me as in back in the day, like you might refer to me as Ray Ray you know that I don't really play a lot of games with people. I don't really do like a whole lot of talk. And so, you know, I realized that the enemy was trying to just use them to bring something out of me um, that I thought that I had buried a long time ago. Cause I was like, if this was five years ago, like what? Like, no, like this would not even like, it's a straight pull up type of situation. But when you represent God, you cannot pull up. You cannot do that. Like you, you, the only up you doing is staying prayed up. So my prayer was God, you know, you got to protect me from these people because I, I can't have that side of me coming out. I represent you. And it was, it was really rough for me because, um, to hear people try to throw dirt on your name for a business that you have been building a business that's God's business when you're trying to help them. It's honestly extremely hurtful. Um, it's it's extremely hurtful. It's it's very disrespectful, and you know it, it's just something that it it can really make you lose your mind because you could start to worry like, oh my gosh, is somebody actually going to believe this? But thank God that I am so surrendered. Thank God that I understand who put me here and who put my business here. That I was like, I know that this is going to be okay. And, you know, I I look at those people now and what are they doing? Nothing. And, you know, that's not to say that in an arrogant way. That's not to knock anybody. But at the same time, God protected me from all of that. Get get out of here. That was never something that stopped me from getting clients. I can honestly, in a transparent way, I can share that story because anybody that knows me and knows my business knows that that wasn't true. And so you, you look at those people now. And it's like, I know your business can't be blessed and you're out here lying on somebody like that. But those are the kind of things that people try to do. And as a person that is saved, as a person that business is surrendered to God, you cannot handle it and go back to being Ray Ray. I got to be raving at all times. I cannot be out here cussing people out. I cannot be out here wilding on people because people can't wait to say that. And have a recording of me doing something crazy. So I have to keep it classy at all times, even when 
my flesh wants to come out because at the same time, you could have the most surrender business and you could be the most saved person, but you are still human and the enemy is going to still try to come in and, and knows your weaknesses and he's still going to try to attack you in those ways. But when you get to a place that God matters to you more than anything and you're more concerned about what he thinks than anything, you you let that discernment, you put that to work, even when it makes you feel uncomfortable because it's like, God, you know, I want to smack her, right? But my discernment tells me that I can't do this because it's going to be all bad for me after that. My discernment is telling me that I represent you. Or when you get those opportunities that come to you and it looks like it's it's a really great opportunity in terms of a check. But the, the check is not worth my soul. My soul is not for sale. So if I get God showing me a red flag, if he's telling me something, don't do it, go the opposite way. I'm going the opposite way and I'm going at full speed. I'm running far, far, far away because checks should not determine how loyal you are to your morals, how loyal you are to your beliefs. And there's a lot of people out there just ignoring their discernment. And God wants to save you from stuff. Every last client that I had that bad experience with last year, God gave me a red flag about all of them before they signed up, each and every one of them. But I ignored it. I acted like I didn't see it. I felt like, you know, I really want to help these people. And it almost could have backfired. But thankfully, even once I wasn't obedient, he saw that coming and still found a way to save me. That's awesome. So I have a couple questions about faith. And I, I ask people this question all the time because people always ask me, like, well, how do you hear from God? And I love when I have guests because it's a great opportunity to show how God speaks to people differently. So I got to ask yep. you, how do you hear from God? So I've noticed that he switches it up with me. Like sometimes it'll be like this. Sometimes it'll be like that. It just I don't know. I, I don't know if it depends on his mood for the day or I don't know if it depends <laughs> Um, but sometimes like it's really when I'm in my I call it my prayer room but it's really like the closet um so I'll go into the closet I'm just sitting there in silence a lot of times like I'll hear from him when I'm in there and then like when I come out and I just like sit on my couch and I everything is off the tv is off my phone is away from me um, that's when he'll start to kind of pour it out in like overflow. Um, I actually remember one time this past summer where I was in my prayer closet and he was telling me, he was like, talk to me by water. And that sounded really like different to me. I'm like, mm, okay, like that's interesting. So it was summer. So literally I started going to the pool every single day. And he was like talking to me like so much when I was out there. So he definitely switches it up. Um, sometimes for me, I also hear from him a lot when I'm in the car. Um, some days I'll just get in the car and he'll just tell me immediately, don't turn the music on. And I, this is a really good example because one day he told me that this had to be like a year ago. He was like, don't turn the music on. And I'm like, I got a long drive. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying to listen to some music. Like, so I'm listening to music. I'm maybe like 20 minutes into the drive. And then all of a sudden, like, my radio starts making this crazy sound. Like it was like the bass was all off. Like it was unbearable. Like I had no choice but to turn the radio off. So I was like, this can't be like, what's going on? Like, I know I'm like, this is a new car. I know that my radio is not broke. Like, I don't know what's happening. 
So I'm like, maybe if I pull over and I turn the car off and I turn the car back on, it's going to be fine. Pulled over, turned the car off, turned the car back on, and the radio was still acting crazy. Okay, God, I got you. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to sit in silence. So, you know, I drove in silence the rest of the way. Um, He revealed a lot of things to me. But I remember when I got to my destination, I was like, dang, like now I got to go and get this radio fixed. I got to see what's wrong with it. I have never had any issues with the radio since then. I know that that was God. Like when I say that this is how I want to talk to you, listen to me. Um, So I say that to say the same way that God switches it up with me, he might switch it up with you. Every time you hear from him, it might not be in that same place at that same time of day. So just give him the flexibility, be open to him switching it up. Um, And then also sometimes he speaks to me through other people. Um, whether it's a prophetic word, whether, you know, somebody tells me that they saw something like in a, in a dream, like I am one of those people that he definitely speaks to me in a lot of different ways. So I'm, I'm always open to however he wants to talk to me. Let's take a quick break from this awesome interview to remind you guys about blessed and bossed up society. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed and Bossed Up Society, the first ever online community that provides you with the tools and resources you need to grow your faith and your business. If you ever felt alone in your journey and wanted to be around women who get it, women who love God and are about their business, then Blessed and Bossed Up Society is for you. Each month, we have a different series topic consisting of two live sessions, one about faith and one about business. We also have weekly prayer calls, devotionals, quarterly challenges, corporate fast, and my favorite, accountability to getting everything done. Each month, we will have expert guests come in to conduct our business masterclass. And I'm bringing in people that you will have to pay over 10 times the price of your membership to even have a conversation with them. Some of our topics include going from employee to full-time entrepreneur, how to diversify your revenue stream so that you're making money in your sleep, how to balance it all without becoming overwhelmed, and so, so, so many more amazing topics. I'm so excited about this community, you guys, because it is exactly what I needed when I felt so lost and stuck in my faith and my business. Registration is open right now. So go to www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Again, that's www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. I hope to see you there. I can't wait to pour into you and help you grow into everything that God has for you. Again, www.blessedandbossedup.com slash community. Let's get back to the show. So with all of your businesses, though, because Pink Slip Prep School is not the only thing that you do, how do you make sure that you keep God at the center of all of them? Yeah. So for me, like, that is absolutely not something that we're leaving out of the conversation. Um, It does not matter what business it is. Like, we are starting with that. Um, With my busy being a millionaire clients, it's a lot more of like a VIP experience. It's a lot more of like in-person We start every single experience and intensive off with prayer. We end it with prayer. Like that's what we do. Like that's, that just has to be a part of it. Um, And I've noticed that it starts to get different because even if at first the client is like not somebody, I mean, they're believers, but if they're not big on like, you know, praying in settings like that, I've noticed that they start to get like that. 
it, it goes from me saying, okay, let's pray to them saying, okay, you know, let's pray. So it's always awesome to see that growth. Um, I think another way that I always make sure that that is incorporated into my businesses is that I, I don't do any type of businesses that goes against my beliefs. I just don't. Um, and I'm very creative, you know, I'm very business savvy and business minded. It's a lot of different things that I could be doing, but if it, if it doesn't match my beliefs, then I'm good. Um, so I think that that is something that's a big part of it. Also, I make sure that despite how many ideas that I have, I make sure that that's the idea that God wants me to pursue at that specific time. Um, so that really helps because a lot of times, like, I remember I started this like one business Well, I thought I was starting it, <laughs> but that wasn't, it was an idea that God had for me, but it's something that's not like a little bit for, it's, it's not until a little bit further down the line. And so I would be praying about it and praying about it and praying about it. And I'm like, you know, how come I can't hear anything? How come I can't really get in any direction on this? But it was just a little bit premature. Um, so it's just, it's really important to make sure that you're, you're doing things when he wants you to do them as well. So is that like a system you have when you get an idea? It's like, I don't move until I hear from God or how do you make sure that you don't get ahead of yourself if it's something you're really excited about? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question because it's so easy to get so excited. Like when God gives you ideas, he be bringing ideas, ideas, like it's good stuff. So you're like, oh my God, I just want to get out of the prayer closet and I want to get this going and it's going to be great. You know, it's, it's very exciting. But I think for me, um, I, I'm very patient with him. Um, and I, I think that's important. It's important not to go into that prayer setting and be like very anxious. It's important to just be calm. It's, it's important to just be um, really in a space mentally that you can be receiving of what God is saying, because sometimes he doesn't just, most of the time, actually, he's not just giving everything to you in one setting like that. So you got to really be patient so that you can just get everything, you know, just all laid out from him. So I think for me, um, I just pay attention to the signs that, that he gives me. Like when he tells me the idea, I really just go bit by bit, like, okay, what's next? And if I don't hear anything, then it must not be nothing that's next. You know, that must be it for now. So I asked him every step of the way. Okay, so you want me to go and get the domain now? Okay, so you want me to do this? If I don't hear anything after that, you know, that that's it. And God works in like the most amazing of ways. He might have you sit something down for five or six months. And then all of a sudden he tells you to pick it back up and it's go time. It's ready to take off. You know, you never know. But just being in that space where you are just, not getting so excited and feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to do this at this time. I got to do that. Like, no, you, you have to follow what he's telling you to do. Um, every single idea that he has given me in the last like few years since my business has been surrendered to him, he has been very clear with me to say, Raven, you know, you can do this. You can do that. You're multi-talented, but nothing can come before Pink Slip Prep School. Everybody knows that's my oldest baby. Like that's my baby. And I love all of my businesses, but Pink Slip Prep School, that is my baby. And that's my baby because God said that that is the business that comes first. Now, could he change that in the next year or so? Very much so. But we going to go how we going now. 
and we're going to see what he says. And that's how we're going to move. Yeah, that's good. For me, for me, when I think of well, when God gives me ideas, I always think of the scripture, be sober and vigilant. And so sobriety, we always think about like drugs and alcohol, but you can get drunk off your emotions or your excitement or your passion towards something. And so for me, I always tell myself, be sober, be vigilant, be attentive, be watchful. That's what vigilant means. So when I feel when God gives me an idea. I tame my excitement by saying, be sober, be vigilant. And I always ask God when. If I don't hear now or ASAP, it's not happening. It's going to get written down so I don't forget because my memory is trash. Mm -hmm. Then it's going to get written down and that's it. But then I'm also going to be, because I've now sobered myself up so I'm not, my emotions aren't taking control of me. Now it's time for me to be vigilant and be watchful and listen. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, we miss stuff because we're not sober or vigilant. We're on Instagram and we see everybody else living a best life. And we're mad because like you said, like they run in, feel like they run in circles around me and I'm doing things God way. This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But, or we're distracted with everything that we have going on. So we're not able to have that vigilant part and being really attentive to what's going on. So I hope you guys listening are really taking a note to that. Like, don't let your excitement make you do something prematurely. Mm-hmm. And the thing about God is it's always going to be successful. So what are we really rushing for? Like, yeah. And a lot of times he's, he's, he's having you wait on something because when it's time for you to do it, he's not just giving you the idea. He is also going to align you with the people that's going to help you bring that to fruition. It's been so many things that I'm doing now that I thought that I wanted to do years ago. Prime example, um, Busy Being a Millionaire. I didn't know exactly what the name of that was at that time, but that's something that even when I was in business school years ago, I knew like I want to work with more seasoned entrepreneurs. I want to work with them in a deeper capacity. Like I knew that I wanted to do all those things, but when it was time, God gave me a client before he even gave me the name for the business. Mm-hmm. I hope people catch that. Like that's how quick it is. That's how good he works when it is really the right timing. It is not going to be as hard because it's the right timing. And you have so many entrepreneurs because naturally as entrepreneurs, we are idea people, ideas people. And I love it. I love being able to just sit and mastermind. And it's like all these million dollar ideas flying around. I think that it's so great, but we also have to understand that that timing and when God wants us to do something is really, really, really important that we just pay attention and we're obedient to that. Absolutely. So now, <laughs> congratulations, you just got engaged. I did. Yeah, I have the pleasure of like knowing both of you guys. So I think I'm yeah. super excited because it's like, <laughs> dang, they're dope by themselves. God is going to do some amazing things with y'all too. Like, I can't tell you that enough that you guys Thank have you. absolutely no idea. And I cannot <laughs> wait. But um, now though, how are you going, how are you preparing for married life? Because I know we get excited about like the wedding is coming up and all of that, but it's a paradigm shift now. Like Mm -hmm. it's been you and business and everything. And he was boyfriend status. I always joke with BJ, like you was just a boyfriend. Don't get ahead of yourself. Like (laughs) (laughs) boyfriend status, but Mm -hmm. now it's like husband status. So now it's God family with your husband. And Mm -hmm. so 
how are you preparing now for this hierarchy shift? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very interesting um, because I think that if I, if I had the right mind to do this years ago, when I first started my business, I probably would not have like so heavily branded Raven Jones. And, you know, I remember when, um, we first like got together and I knew, I knew immediately that that was my husband. It wasn't no, I don't know if I'm sure, let me go and figure this out. Like I knew immediately that this man was going to be my husband one day. And, you know, immediately things kind of go into like, oh my God, well, when, whenever this happens, you know, how is it going to be different? Like, how am I going to change things? You know, what am I going to do? And, you know, you see a lot of, um, a lot of women, especially that are entrepreneurs and they more so like are taking the route of like hyphenating their last name, or they'll just, you know, still kind of go by their maiden name, like publicly and things like that. And, you know, to each his own people do what works for them. But as far as I'm concerned, everybody got to put some respect on my soon-to-be husband's name, and I will be going by his last name. That's that's just going to be it. Like the same way that I got to get adjusted, they got to get adjusted. So that's going to be the first, you know, really really big change for um I think other people, and then you know also myself. But as far as like how I'm I'm preparing, um, everything is changing. Everything, you know, because. Of course, we don't know when things is going to happen, like um, the blessing to be able to like start our family and, you know, stuff like that. But everything is changing because my husband, you know, that's who's going to be my family. So that come that's going to come before business. That's going to come before, oh, I got to hurry up and get on this call. No, me and my husband got to make time to pray. Me and my husband got to make time, you know, to do our devotionals and to to make sure that we're spending time with God. So I have already started kind of changing certain things with um just how I schedule stuff. Um, also, I do a whole, whole, whole lot of traveling. Um, I know that that's only going to get busier, but I'm already like thinking to myself about how stuff is going to have to change as far as just, you know, setting certain rules, because I just think that there's no way that you can be in a space where you're preparing for marriage and you're kind of handling things the same way that you were when you were completely single. So I'm going to be setting new travel rules. It's not that I can't travel, but if you need me to come and spend 10 days with you, please believe you will be flying my husband out as well. Cause I'm not about to be away from my husband for 10 days. Like, so just, you know, little, little things like that, um, making those changes. But I think most importantly, just understanding that you, you have a, huge responsibility. I think that when you get engaged, it's so easy to just run to Pinterest and be like, oh my gosh, what kind of dress am I getting? And how am I going to ask them to be in my wedding party? And what is the cake going to be? And how do we want to decorate it? Like it's so important to get caught up in a lot of that fun stuff. But from a, a bigger, a more important standpoint, if God is blessing me with the title of being a wife, I have to prepare for everything that comes along with that role. And that means having my husband's back. That means making sure that I'm I'm doing my part, you know, in the household. That means that um making sure that I, I understand that it's certain things that I cannot just say, oh yes, I can do this. I gotta talk to my husband about it first. Um, you know, it's it's just different. So right now being in the um fiance phase, that's that's something that I prepare myself for. I don't just easily say, 
oh, yep, I can do this. Let me go and ask my fiance. Let me see what he thinks about this. And I think um, a bigger change with that, I mean, we we always, you know, talk to each other about business and stuff like that because he's an entrepreneur as well, which is definitely such a blessing for somebody like me just to have another person that really just understands my journey, just understands my schedule. And it's very supportive because they have, they have their own stuff, um, you know, going on, or he has his own stuff going on in his business as well. But, um, just, just opening up and just, you know, talking to him about more things and what I have going on and him talking to me more about what he has going on. Um, it's amazing because we can also bounce ideas off of each other. And I know that that's something that, in past situations, and, and this is how I always knew in past situations that that person wasn't the one, I never really felt comfortable talking to them about my business or much less including them, you know, into my business. It's crazy because you were like, oh, I have the pleasure of knowing um, both of them. But so many of my clients, they'd be like, hey, Tim, like they loved him because they really know Tim. Like, He's going to be at just about like every um, pink slip experience that we have. Like, you know, uh, some of my clients are also his clients. He's a personal trainer as well as a nutritionist. So, I mean, it's it's amazing just to be with a person that it doesn't have to just be completely separate. Like we can also kind of mesh things together, like with our work as well. Um, but one thing that I will say about that is that it also it pushes you to be very intentional. Um, I have a successful business, so my schedule is really busy. My fiance has a successful business, so his schedule is really, really busy as well. So one thing that um, we've definitely been changing is just making sure that we're being intentional with spending time together because it's very easy to be so successful that you are just so busy being successful you know, that you you forget about your partner. And that's something that even before we are married, um, I don't want to be, oh, I'm on a plane. I, I can't go out this week. Or I, I don't want him to be like, oh, I got to do this with my clients. I can't do this. So, you know, we're, we're changing just how intentional we are with one another. Um, and I know definitely for me, just praying more and more because it's some, it's some responsibilities. It's, it's a much bigger responsibility, like I said, that's required of me as, um, you know, somebody that's becoming a wife, the, the ring is beautiful. The wedding is going to be beautiful. It's everything about it is, is beautiful. But at the same time, um, it, it's about God, you know, it, it's about me and him and, and it's about God It's for him. So I just want to make sure that the same way that in my businesses, I focus on making God proud and everything like that. I also want God to be proud of the the wife that I'm going to be. Um, I want God to be proud of who I'm going to be as a mother when he blesses me with that. So I'm just, I'm just getting myself prepared, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, everything you said was so awesome because I feel like on one hand, we have the people who are super career or the women who are super yeah. career driven, business driven to where it's like family is second, husbands are second. I was listening to a podcast once and a lady was like, she, she was so headstrong on being successful. Like her, her, she let her marriage fail pretty much oh because success mattered more than the relationship. Mm -hmm. Or then you have the church who, where it's like, your sole number one objective in life is to be a wife and a mom and to take care of your husband and you ain't got enough, you know, it's, then you have that other extreme with that, but it's like, 
I feel like God is really trying to show people, especially entrepreneurial women who are about him, that you can have both. Yes. You have to put it in the correct order. Mm-hmm. And there yep. needs to be way more people talking about and I, I'm like one of those people where I was like, I'm not talking about my relationship because I feel like if you come for my man, you mm-hmm. gonna have to square up straight up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if I know that's a trigger for me, then we're gonna put a boundary around that before y'all get me out of character. But I know God is kind of pushing me to talk more about it because mm-hmm. it's, it's so important. important. And I, I know I talked to y'all about fasting, but me and BJ did a fast, um, an eight day fast together awesome. like last week. And so it was like, it's crazy because he works, he works a nine to five and he wants to be partner at his firm. So that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing that I got to get adjusted to, because now you have this person who isn't an entrepreneur, who's very supportive of me, but he mm-hmm. also wants to be a partner at his firm. So that's a, a road that he's going to have to take that I'm going to be, that I have to be supportive of. But right. it's like, they were in this really, really busy season at work to where he's working. Like he's at work when, before the sun come up and he's there after the sun comes down. So we really was missing each other and mm-hmm. God was so good because around that time where it was getting heavy, God really put it on my heart for us to fast together so mm-hmm. during this time where families are being pulled apart because of this work schedule, we're getting anchored closer together because mm-hmm. we're I praying, like we're fasting. Oh. He's calling me right before we break fast and he walking down the street just so he can get out the office and calling me so that we can pray together before we break fast. Like, And that just brought us together. But I just think more people need to really, especially women who love God, need to just talk about we can have our purpose. And we can be out here being blessed and bossed up, but also be blessed and bossed up for our, for our families. Like I'm not too much of a, a boss to take care of my man. Like mm-hmm. his wife, I set the tone in our household. So when he come home, we dancing dinner ready. We, you know, cracking jokes, talking, talking about our day. Like I'm not too bossed up to stroke his ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's too much of a protector and a provider to to listen to me talk about the the struggles of what of of God taking me to this new level, so mm-hmm. I think yeah. so many more women need to be more vocal about mm-hmm. you can have it all and not in this old cliche way, right? Um, exactly, books and whatnot, but really like <laughs> get, yeah, because I think mind. also people have to realize that it, it's about purpose, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, that's something that I know is going to keep me like very grounded as far as like, um, what my role is going to be as a wife and everything like that. Because, um, like you said, it's something that God wants to do through us with us together. It's something that he wants to do with you and BJ together. You know, it's, it's something that he wants to do and it may be some things that he's already revealed to us, but I know it's tons of things that we don't even know about, you know, tons of things that, He just wants to bless us with. And I love the fact that we can just kind of talk about this in a transparent way as far as what goes on behind the scenes. Because I know you guys are like planning like a beautiful wedding in Jamaica and everything. And a lot of times people who see that on Instagram, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. And they think about the wedding, the wedding, the wedding. But it's like, no, wait a minute, sis. What are you going to do when all these people go home? Mm-hmm. And you really are married to this person and he really is married to you. Like that is what really matters. And, you know, I used to always think that with um 
the proposal. I used to think that I wanted this big proposal. I used to think that I needed my family to like fall out of the sky, my friends to like come out of a hot air balloon. Like I used to just think that I needed all the <laughs> people there. Like it was like ridiculous. And, you know, I, I remember um, after Tim proposed to me and I was just so like on cloud nine and so grateful that I, I don't even think I went to sleep until like five o'clock that morning. But what I loved about it and, and you know, I said to him, I said, thank you for praying on how this was supposed to be. Cause I know he prayed on how God even wanted him to do that. And that, that showed me something. I mean, I already knew that he, he was a praying man, but it, it truly showed me something about his character in that setting because he could have easily said, well, this is how she's saying that she wants this. So I'm going to do that. But it wasn't about what I said that I wanted. It was about what God told him to do and what God wanted. And I was so, so just in love with how he did that because here I was thinking that I wanted this proposal with all of these people. And he gave me a big proposal, a major pr proposal, something that was so loving, something that was so awesome to me. And it was nobody in the room except me, him, and God. And what was powerful for me about that was that's how it's going to be in our marriage. All them people that's coming to the wedding, it ain't going to be no, hey, can I talk to you? You know, we going through this or we, it's going to be, hey, God, I'm on line one. What's up? I need it. Like, that's how it's going to be. So I love the fact that God is saying right now, while y'all are continuing to lay this foundation, this is what it's going to be about. This is this is who it's going to be in the trenches. And I just I was so appreciative and just just so grateful for that. And I wanted to put that out there because so many people were like, oh, my God, this was beautiful and messaging me and, you know, all of that stuff. But behind the scenes, it's like it's not just a wedding that I, I'm preparing for. I got to be doing more preparation to be a wife because the marriage and the wedding is two completely different things. Yes, I could talk about this all day. We got to right, we got to move on. I do have some business questions for you. Um, okay. You can be one of our masterclass instructors for Blessed and Boston Society. Yes. I'm so <laughs> excited about that. Um, yes. I do want to, and you're going to be talking about actually going from employee to entrepreneur. And that's mm -hmm. just a subject that everybody and a mama want to know about. Right. Um, but a couple of business questions, though. What mistakes did you see a lot of your clients and pink slip prep school make when it came to their business? Mm, I think that a lot of mistakes that I see, and, and this is actually something that I did in the beginning as well, when I was like trying to make that transition from employee to entrepreneur, I was so focused on saving. I felt like saving, saving, saving. If I could just have this amount of money in my bank account, and I can just check my bank account and I can see that money that's in there, I'll feel like really grateful. But I was so focused on saving that I never created a plan of action to actually replace my income. And a lot of my clients, before they get started with me, they're focusing on saving, saving, saving. But at the end of the day, if you have a saving account, but you have no plan of action to generate more income, then what's going to end up happening with the business once those savings disappear? it's going to go away. You're not going to have any money. So I think that's the biggest thing that I see people um, really making a mistake with in the very beginning. And then if I had to pick another thing, I would say um, not understanding that the mindset piece and really working that out is so important. A lot of times, the second that people work with me, y'all know they be going all to the website, seeing Tatum's success story, 
this person's success story, that person, they be like, oh, I want the Tatum package. Oh, I want the Taylor package. Oh, I want the Jessica package. Like, not even understanding that you ain't Tatum. You not Taylor. You not just like, you know, not even understanding these things, but they want to jump in and instantly talk about getting to the money, but they don't really want to fix the foundation pieces within their mindset. And it's so important because at the end of the day, if you don't have the right mindset, anything that I tell you about making money in your business, anything that I tell you about um, being successful, all of that stuff is definitely going to fall on deaf ears because you're not going to understand it. You're not going to be in a space where you really can sustain when the enemy comes in and tries to bring those doubts your way because you don't have a you don't have the best mindset. So I would say definitely um, not not wanting to work on the mindset is probably like one of the biggest mistakes that I see. And then lastly is like trying to start a certain business because they see other people doing it and they think, oh, I see so-and-so doing this. She's successful. She got money. She got a great life. That's what I want to do. So really focusing on what's popular instead of focusing on what is the assignment. Um, that's another big, big, big mistake that I see. One of the things that I love that you do, and I think it's so strategic, is with the pink slip experience to where everybody that you have speak are like former clients. So I think it's just a perfect way for you to pour into people, but then also have those testimonials right then there in the flesh. But mm-hmm. I know you didn't always do that. So like, what made you make that transition? And then also tell us about the pink slip experience that's coming up. Yeah, so I remember that I had, uh, or when I had my very first pink slip retreat, and I had a bunch of speakers that were not necessarily affiliated with um, pink slip prep school in terms of like being clients. Like, I think if we had had seven speakers or seven or eight speakers, it was maybe like three or four of them that were actually clients and the rest of them were not. And so one thing that really stood out to me about that was that I noticed that the people that weren't really clients, um, it wasn't as much effort um, just in terms of like, not that they didn't do a great job because they were phenomenal speakers, but it wasn't as much effort as it was from the clients that were actually, I mean, from the people that actually were clients of Pink Slip Prep School. I also think that I, I knew I had to switch it because for me, just like, transparency is really important to me and authenticity. I don't need somebody coming to my event and talking about the things that they talk about at every other event that they they speak at. Um, so to me, I just think it was much more value in having people that are current clients or former clients, and they can really give a real life testimony of what things was really like behind the scenes, because my story is my story and your story is your story. But every that's the beautiful thing about it is that God gives all of us a different type of testimony. So it might be something from Tatum's story that somebody can more so relate to. It might be something from my story. And so just taking away those different pieces to get the motivation and inspiration to go ahead and create your own story. um, I just think that that's really, really, really powerful to me. Yeah, I completely agree. So tell us too about the one that's coming up. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. Oh, my God, I'm crazy. So (laughs) I'm so excited because when we did it um, this past year, we actually did it at the Gaylord and God revealed to me right at that event um, that we needed to actually move locations. 
So we're moving it to Miami this year. I love, love, love Miami. Um, we're doing it at a five-star hotel. It's going to be at the Intercontinental right um, on Brickle, right across the bridge from South Beach. So I'm really excited just to be at like that phenomenal venue in an amazing, amazing city. Um, we've already sold a lot of tickets. Um, the name has changed as well. It's no longer the Pink Slip Retreat. It's now the Pink Slip Experience. Um, I just think that that speaks more to what we, we do because it's, it's definitely an experience. It's not a conference that you're coming to and it's just about being empowered or getting inspiration. It's a conference that you're, you're coming to and you're coming because you're ready to start taking real action and really getting some real results. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's a three-day experience. It's three days if you're doing VIP. If not, it's a two-day experience. And I mean, we're really digging deep into all of the things that you need to really help you transition into self-employment. If you have been struggling, feeling like, I don't have that bossed up tribe. This is definitely a great place to come and meet people. If you've been struggling with your business as far as like, I make a little bit of money, but I don't make a lot of money to be able to be self-employed on my own. This is definitely something that um, you want to come out and experience. So I'm just, I'm really, really excited about um, just how different it's going to be this year because we're changing the, lo the location and just the quality of the people that's going to be coming. Um, and I'm actually getting ready to send out my request um, for speakers. So I'm excited about just like the success stories is going to be shared. And you all are literally going to see people that when they came to the Pink Slip Retreat last year, they were in the audience, just like you guys are going to be. And now they are self-employed. So I'm just really, really excited um, just to to have them, you know, give them a platform to share their stories as well. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm like an unofficial pink slip prep school ambassador because <laughs> I'm always talking about you on the show. And then even for me, like I attended the first one mm -hmm. online because my boss told me I couldn't get off work. And I was yes, I remember that. I was so mad. And I'm the type where I don't be listening. Even when I was there, <laughs> when I was working a nine to five, if I really wanted to do something, I would not really listen like that. But I knew I was trying to be self-employed. So I'm like, Tatum, don't let it happen prematurely because you want to do what you want to do. Right. <laughs> um, but, and we ended up not even doing anything at work. So I was able to tune in virtually. And then the next year being able to speak, it was just it's just such an amazing experience it's one of those things you guys that you just you just got to be there like, it's right. hard to articulate you really just have to be there so yes and that's in March right yep so the dates is actually March the 21st through the 23rd so the 21st is for um the VIP people and then if you're just doing the general admission then the dates are the 22nd and the 23rd of March yep Okay, perfect. Um, and then my last question, I know with Busy Being a Millionaire, you work with more established entrepreneurs and then Pink Slip Prep School um, works a lot with the more startup phase entrepreneurs. What are some of like the key differences that you see from that in the people that are more established and the ones that are just starting out? Mm -hmm. So I think that um, definitely what I see with the people who are more established and more seasoned is that they're very much so more like unapologetic with what they're looking to do. Um, with the people that's just starting out, it's always just kind of like, are we sure? You know, what are people going to think? It's always kind of like a little bit more of like hesitancy. Um, whereas though the people that are more seasoned, it's like, 
I'm just ready to jump off the cliff right now. I'll find a safety net whenever I land. Like, you know, it's just, it's more um, risk taking that's associated with that. And I love it because, you know, that's where I am in my businesses, um, just being more seasoned like that. Um, I also would say that another difference that I see is that um, the entrepreneurs that are a little bit more seasoned, um, they're constantly investing in something. Like, I mean, they have so much stuff going on. Not that they're all over the place, but it's always like, how can I find um, ways to create more income by giving less of my time? Like, it, they're much more strategic in their actions. And that's definitely how I am as well. But I wasn't like that when I was first starting out. Um, I think that a lot of times, like when you're starting off in something, um, you know, you're just so in love with it that you're like, I would just give all of my time. But then as you get more seasoned, you realize time is like your most precious asset and you're very selective, you know, about how much of it you you want to give out. Um, so that's, those are definitely, I would say like the, the biggest changes that, that I see. But the funny thing, um, and I know you didn't ask me about the similarities, but I do want to mention this. But the funny thing about like seasoned entrepreneurs and beginning um, entrepreneurs is that when that seasoned entrepreneur is trying to get to like the next level in their business or whether we're helping them launch and execute like a new um, business plan or whatever the case may be, one thing that is constant is the mindset. Like, you have, they have to have a new mindset to get to that different level. So I think that that's interesting because a lot of times when we're starting off as an entrepreneur and we leave our job, we think, okay, I, I did it. I left my job. I'm great. My mindset is great. And we just think we're done with the mindset stuff, but then it comes back up. You know, when you are making $750,000 a year and God is ready to take you to that million dollar level, Trust and believe that it's a different mindset that's required to get to a million dollars than got than the mindset that got you to six figures. Um, so that's something that's always interesting to me too, is how we still kind of even for seasoned entrepreneurs, we gotta go back and apply some of those same principles. That was awesome. I hope you guys have been taking notes because everybody that's listening to the show, you're not gonna be in a startup phase for long. And for yeah. those of you who are not in the startup phase, you're still going to constantly have to level up. So that was definitely great advice. Raven, thank you so much for being on the show again. I really you're appreciate welcome. it. Thank you for having me. This was really good. I'm excited. Me too. So tell everybody, I know you're off social media right now, but I think by the time this comes yeah. out, you'll be back on. Yeah. So tell everybody your social handles and all of that. Yeah, so my social media handle is Raven Jones. It's spelled R-A-E-V-Y-N, and then Jones is just J-O-N-E-S. Um, if you are looking to attend the Pink Slip Experience, then that's just going to be www.pinkslipexperience.com. Um, and those are like the main places where you can find me. Once you go on my Instagram page, that'll lead you to like all of my other handles and everything like that. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you next week.